Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the PC Perspective Podcast. This is episode 601. They said it couldn't be done. We couldn't follow up episode 600, the mammoth three-hour recording marathon featuring some familiar faces. Check it out next week. Look at the after show if you want to know what I'm talking about. It was fun, but yeah. We're just back. Just us. I'm Sebastian Peake. I'm Jeremy Holmstrom. I'm Josh Walrath. I'm Brett Van Spruenberg. And we are recording this on October 14, 2020. Get some housekeeping stuff out of the way. You can sign up to find out when we go live with events like this podcast by going to pcper.com slash subscribe. And you will be part of our mailing list that we only use to send out Brett's cleverly worded emails about us going live. I think you, you've, you've added some flavor to that that we were missing. It's, it's good. A, it's accessible comedy. Yeah. But it's, it's you know, mainstream. Mm-hmm. It's safe for work. You can help support whatever this is and PCPer.com by going to Patreon.com slash PCPer, becoming one of our patrons. And Brett, I think you have uh, you've added some people in the last week. I did. And uh, wh- while you maybe read out a couple of those, I think I just got a notice. So let me Uh-oh. go in there and take okay, a look. Okay, so new patrons include Wabbit Magic. Yes. With a W. Mm-hmm. Uh, it could be could be German though. It could be Vabit Magic, Jack Hearn, mm-hmm. Tom's Remsmits. Yeah, good luck, Remsmits, and a hearty welcome back <laughs> to patron Kevin Hamilton. We we did just get a brand new, fresh. The the new smell is still on this patron, and their name is aptly put. Don't ban Jordan. I love Apple. <laughs> Wait, did you write this, Brett? You know, Brett, are no. you a new patron? Okay. No. Burger update, Josh. It's burger update time. That time just, of the week. Just in time. We go to Josh's Twitter feed. Mm-hmm. Perfect timing. What are we looking at here? Walk us it's, through this. It's the naughty. I've had oh. it before, but it's really good. It's a spicy barbecue sauce, jalapenos, cheddar cheese, a couple of pieces of bacon, and uh, two all beef patties on sesame seed bun. Bun. Not bum. What about the fries? What what kind of fries do they have here? Uh, you know, they're just a lightly seasoned, uh, hand-cut fries. My kid worked there for a while last year, and uh, they've they all they do is they bring in sacks of potatoes and and um, you know have the 16 and 17 year olds down there with the hand press and just make hand-cut fries, hand pressed, whatever you want to call it. Those aren't from Frozen. They make their own fries every day. Correct. That looks good. I hope. I think really the good. fries don't really get enough love, and I just want to draw some attention to They're usually pretty good. So I have to agree. Nice not enough done. love. All right, now we can go to the news. Hey, great, great idea. Let's do the news. Ryzen processors—they're coming November five. Uh, I don't know when review embargo is up, but they're coming on November five to purchase. Do you guys have thoughts about this Ryzen five thousand? Was it an underwhelming launch? Overwhelming? Uh, I thought it was uh, interesting that, you know, I look back and uh, it's only been a week, but it seems a whole lot longer. Maybe that was just my week. You know, if they can retain that uh, 19% average uplift over previous generation, uh, then they're super competitive with uh, Intel. Uh, certainly in terms of TDPs, uh, yeah. their top end SKU is 105 watts. And sure, it may pull a little bit more at the wall, but not like the 200 watts of the 10900K. When it's fully unlocked, so yeah, AMD's got uh, got power, 
uh, cranked down. They, they've got performance cranked up and uh, thermals are not horrific. So it's, uh, you know, about the only problem that most people have is each SKU is about $50 higher than the previous generation, the 3000 series. Yeah. Uh, so 5600 is 299 rather than 249 And uh, you go yeah. up the line. And I think that in many ways, the 5800X is in a strange place because it's really competing with the 3900X, which is still going to be out for quite a while. Mm-hmm. And um, boy, going from 16 to 24 threads and and still having a lot of good performance at the 3900X level at that same cost, that's, you know, at least you have an option there. It's like you can go a little bit higher, uh, you know, IPC if, if you don't usually use more than 16 threads versus, hey, you've got all these extra threads you can you can deal with. What do you think about them uh, collapsing the um, the chiplets essentially and doubling the the count, the core count on a single? Uh, oh, the four, CCX. Yeah, the CCX from four to eight, and then allowing them so much better access to cash. Yeah, it's, yeah, it seems- that's, that's huge. That's probably one of the largest oh, yes. reasons of that nineteen percent uplift is yeah. that uh, there's a pretty significant decrease in latency in in uh, yeah. accessing the shared L3 cache instead of having two pools of sixteen megs, it's one giant pool of thirty two, and uh, yeah, you don't have nearly the uh, uh, latency of of going CCX to CCX, much less, you know, and it, it probably does improve chiplet to chiplet, also. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, yeah, it's it's, and you won't have to play around with Ryzen Master and do local and distributed and all the the fun sort of things that uh, the older designs sort of introduce you to. And still, the Infinity Fabric is there, and so you you will get um, you know improvements by increasing that clock up by using thirty six hundred or seven thirty seven thirty three type memory. Um, But yeah, I'll be curious to see if it will scale as much as the previous generation just because of the CCX uh, layout. But yeah, the 3900X is and 3900, I mean, those two are just going to kind of stay embedded there for a while. And it probably won't be until 2021 that we see more SKUs, uh, especially in the lower part. But, uh, you know, I guess AMD will see what sells and what doesn't and what they can do. Josh, do you foresee them continuing to manufacture the 3000 series until they round out that lineup next year. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, they, they're still selling a lot of, a lot of chips. I mean, they're, you know, at least competitive at 3000 level, uh, in most applications, except maybe games. Uh, and even then, if you're running at 1440 P and above, you're not going to notice much. Um, Very your true. dark Lord said memory speed, Josh, uh, as far as I know, the IO, uh, chip is still the Same global boundaries, thing. larger one, 14 nanometer, 12 nanometer, whichever one they, they decide to use for that skew. Um, so yeah, memory speeds won't be enhanced over what they are now. It's, it's all, uh, you know, intercore CCX type improvements and not so much the IO memory controller chip. And I mean, hell, do you want to improve your DDR4 at this point, or do you want to get ready for rolling out DDR5 in 18 months, 24 months? It's kind of crazy to think that this is now the fourth generation of processors on the same socket. Started with the uh, 1700 series? Well, or previously was uh, uh, Bristol Ridge was an AM4. 
And that's Excavator. Mm. Uh, let's not talk about that. No. Uh, any more thoughts on this? I mean, we we have a separate video where Josh goes into his deep thoughts about it. and They're, they're pretty flawed deep thoughts, for sure. <laughs> Okay. I think the only controversy about this has been pricing and whether all platforms would be available immediately. It looks like just 500 series platforms are getting BIOS updates until 2021. Yeah, so, then they're going to roll out some 400 series. Is that? Do you think that's AMD just trying to push the new platform for early? Like anybody who's still on 300, 400, if they want the new CPU, they've got to buy it. Like what a, happens whenever they release something and you don't get a full flavored feature on the old chipset? Yeah, they got to head off bad press. People scream. Yeah, they, they don't want they don't want screaming people. Yeah, I think I think supporting uh, a GISA across multiple CPUs in you know eight megabit and sixteen megabit BIOS uh, is is challenging enough because everybody's got to have you know the fancy. Uh, you know, graphics in the BIOS and, and, you know, have that little OS kind of running in there and, you know, click a mouse and all the crap that you really don't need. Yeah. Right. But true, it takes up space in the uh, in the ROM. Um, I think it's just a challenge getting all of that in there. Brett. No, you. I was just going to ask if uh, you guys at the end of your discussion on the on the presentation touched upon uh, the performance of that look ahead at big navi yeah i showed a bit of the video they obviously weren't forthcoming with any details now just so. like just a couple of benchmarks which looked pretty promising yeah totally. they look to be in the 3080 range overall yeah. maybe a little bit slower but again you you've got less optimized drivers and still sure. some work to go for you know the next month before they release well not in that month it's what 28 14 days from now yeah, yeah it's, it's two really weeks close. josh so I thought two I'd, weeks. Thought I'd bring it up. The uh, the somewhat substantiated rumor was that why no, that was not our top card. Hey, as long as there's availability, I don't think people are going to care. Probably, if you can literally yeah. buy the thing, right? People are going to love it. Yeah, that, they have that advantage right now over yeah. Nvidia, don't they? Not, not only that, I sense that probably they're going to be a little bit better on heat. And they're probably going to be a little bit better at uh, lower resolutions. You, well, not better. What I mean by that is see some better like scaling. 1440p? It, yes. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why they would be better on heat because what they have done has has been to push the 7 nanometer process as far as they can go with clocks. And well, the only because, way they're going to be able to be competitive is with high clocks. Well, I'm giving them the I'm giving them a 7 nanometer advantage. They're yeah. I I don't see it. Because the previous generation 5700 XT was still pulling 300 watts. Well, I oh, suppose yeah. you're right or there. not quite 300 watts, but still. I suppose you're right. It was up yeah. there. Yeah. 275 watt is a low-power GPU nowadays, right? And, of course, I think the TDP on that is 250, but still. But I think they're going to be pretty reasonable at 1440. I think you're going to see good scaling. Uh, next story. I know Josh is interested in this. We have another Gen 4 SSD player. PCIe a new Gen controller. 4. It's a new controller, yeah. It's not just new using a Python controller. Western Digital Black, the SN850. We reviewed the 750. It's actually one of our better performing videos in the last couple of years. Absolutely. And uh, it was an, a very fast drive. I use an SN750 in my own personal system. They're very, very fast. And an yeah, 850. I didn't realize they, they, they had designed their own controller for the SN750. That's, yeah. that's an in house Western Digital. It is. 
and their SN850, as you mentioned. I thought it was originally a Fizon E18, the way the numbers were um, coming out. But no, it's uh, it's built by Western Digital. Now, that's not to say it's built completely by Western Digital and True. that they didn't cage some things, but uh, it's just new controller. Yeah, it's the WD Black G2 controller. We'll have to see, you know, these drives in person and peel the stickers back and see <laughs> if it's like, is this the silicon motion controller we've been waiting for for two years with some special sauce or is it something totally in-house? Be interesting. 7,000 megabytes per second on sequential reads, 5,300 megabytes per second on sequential writes. Nice. So that's that's right up there with what we saw from the Samsung 980 Pro, what you can probably expect from E18 drives when they are available. Something like a million IOPS. Yeah, just insane stuff. Yeah, stupid amount. <laughs> yes. And they, they had some more stuff to announce, Where was too. that? They're doing, like... Well, yeah, if you're an Intel user, and that sort of they, thing. there's a, a Gen 3 by 8 uh, NVMe card coming out, the AN1500. And, I mean, if, if they're right uh, with their advertising, your, your, your uh, sequential reads are 65,000 megs, mm-hmm. or 6,500 megs, rather. And right to forty one hundred, yeah, it's 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 actually a buy eighty card, <laughs> but yeah. uh, no, so it's it's creeping up on the the four point card, so it, it's going to be nice for people, and of course they're splitting these out, so by the end of October you should be able to get your hands on the the fourth gen card without a heatsink. If you want to wait for the fancy heat sink, that's actually going to be sometime early in the new year. And you can actually get the AN1500, uh, the PCIe 3.08 by now at certain places. Like you, when I did a quick peek, go to the Western Digital Store, it was the only place I saw. But, you know, it's it's pricey. Like, I don't want to pay 300 bucks for a terabyte, but... yeah. I understand why. So freaking fast, man. Yeah. You, you can see the highlighted. had uh, advertised that they were going to release that on the 12th, and I checked on the 12th, and and they had not the uh, pre-order or, you know, auto-notify. It was, it was considered out of stock. So I don't know if they had a limited amount that they released in the morning of the 12th, and they got all scooped up or... Or if it was just a uh, mistake on Newegg's part. But yeah, I guess everybody else is getting it in uh, early November. Yeah, and pricing, I haven't seen pricing on all of it, but that 500 gigabyte SN850 will be 149 So these are not inexpensive. They're going to be in that premium price territory like the, like the Samsung Pro. drive. Yeah. <clears throat> but hey, they have the speed to justify it. Apple. Apple has announced iPhone 12s, more than one, apparently. That's not what you did there. Yeah, actually, uh, Apple released four phones, which is more than they've ever released, I guess, in the past. But for those of you who didn't watch the Apple keynote or the the Apple rollout, and there's a lot of you, and that's what I didn't. Is. Hey, I didn't watch it, Brad. I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> I believe you. Uh, big highlights from that were that they finally got their act together and released 5G, which is nice, right? For the, how many cities where they can, can actually use this in? Three, four. But it's so nice. It's, part, it's parts could, of select cities, I believe. Well, it, it isn't that many. 
your carrier. Hey, before you get too far into this, if, if you're watching the video, we're looking yes. at an image from apple.com and it's a picture of like the top half of an iPhone 12. And we're looking at the edge, which is now a flat edge, like the iPhone 4 design. Oh, you're stealing my thunder now. But but I, I have a question for you, Brett. Shoot. Look at the top corner mm -hmm. above the antenna, um, like insulator. Band. The antenna band, yeah. Is it is it a matte finish down by the buttons and then glossy, like a mirror finish up above that? No, what it's, is going it's, on here? this is actually, uh, since this is a pr clearly a picture of the Pro, you're really throwing my feng shui off of here. Okay, I have no idea what I'm doing anymore, which is you know, just normal. Roll with it. Just roll which with is it. normal. I'm going, I'm going with balance. it. Since this is, a, this is a Pro, this is a picture of the Pro, this will be polished stainless steel, not aluminum. But the so, side doesn't look polished. It, it's polished. It's the just side where the buttons are is matte. This is it's high end polished stainless steel. Are are you really gonna? I don't are know. You really it's... gonna doubt Tim Tim Apple? Yes. Gonna... Johnny's gone, so I have no idea what's going on anymore. Um. Yeah. Well, the the word on the street is is that's polished uh, stainless steel. Mm -hmm. Okay. And uh, and very nicely gold anodized using a special. Johnny Ive remembrance style process. Yeah. Well, I mean, he developed all this stuff long he did. ago. He did. So there's in... pieces of Johnny Ive in there? No, it's just his concept of like how to make oh. things so chamfered that you it hurts your eyes. Yeah. There's a anyway, lot of there's a ton of chamfering on this. And the callback to just hit what you were saying a second ago, the callback to the iPhone 4 style, maybe 5, but it really... Is is welcome. I actually appreciate that. It's it, they made them slightly smaller. Why not actually give the corner of the phone some grip? Mm. Uh, especially when you consider one of the other things that they added was this. I'll skip around here. What was this MagSafe mechanism? You know, formerly their computers had it. The newer ones we kind of missed it on. It actually was a very reasonable thing that they came up with. Well, they've added it to the phone um, to beat, I guess, the real world problem of getting your Qi charger perfectly oriented on your device so that it transmits the most wattage it can. Well, now they've got magnets into things so that it automatically self-centers. Not a bad idea. I have to agree. Hey, good on Brett, that. Brett, uh, before Shoot. we continue, I found the perfect graphic. Okay. It, it is polished. It looks like it was just a shadow. Just, yes. I'm, As I'm scrolling, you can see the ultra high mm -hmm. shine of the stainless steel edge as I'm moving up and down with the I'm not roller here. I'm slightly surprised that they managed to not increase the R value, the reflectivity value, beyond your monitor's capability simply through your web browser. I'm surprised they didn't manage that. I feel like there is greater saturation when I'm on Apple.com, though. I would agree. I would but agree. only on a Windows machine, which is odd. Huh. Let's it's analyze oddly that. muted on a Mac. Let's analyze that at some other point. Now, yeah, some Josh, other time. I don't Josh see, may... where, where are the, the, the clippy <laughs> things for the bottom? Where's the new fancy MagSafe? Uh, it's, on the, it's on the back. But, I mean, on I'm the on the site. I'm scrolling and scrolling and scrolling, and I'm not seeing anything. You know, about there's this. a lot of scrolling on Apple.com. I don't know if you've ever noticed that. And the scrolling is always People filled with lots of things flying so, at you I don't, and I don't flying around. And uh, let's talk about this. Around. Let's talk about this quilt here for a second. You're not going to let me get through this, are you? I'm not. All right, continue. <laughs> Go ahead. Josh may actually be interested in the fact that this is a five nanometer process on the A14, which is a preview of Apple Silicon. Five nanometer, first, I believe the first, uh, you know, chip that's that's on that process. Um, uh, almost 12 billion transistors. Not mm. not insignificant. Um, that's right. 
pretty high performance. Um, I noticed they did not compare it to their previous A13 generation. They compared it to kind of like everybody else saying, yeah, we're the best. Does that mean they weren't all that much faster than their A13? Eh, probably. But this is sort of a precursor as to what to expect in Apple Silicon. The numbers are looking you know, pretty good for them. Um, it's a six-core CPU, I guess two high-performance cores and uh, four what they call lower-performance background-style cores. Uh, four-core GPU, um, so that's uh, reasonable. Um, one of the other lenses on the Pro uh, on the back, as you whipped through that, was is a LiDAR, so they're using depth imaging. And I remember years ago, um, working on uh, depth imaging capture systems, and um, we actually had to use frequencies to image rooms and spaces such that you couldn't have anything alive in the room because it would cook them. Or at least it, you shouldn't be exposed to that frequency of radiation for long periods of time. Oh, that'd go perfectly with Alan's uh, ozone maker there. Well, you know, yeah, it would have been great. So we could image rooms and get depth uh, depth readings off of you know dead spaces as long as people weren't in the way. It's come a long way. You, you now can hold it in your hand and get reasonable depth imaging and really fast lock-on for AR. Um, better than kind of waving the camera around like you, you had to have to do today in order to get the camera or the portable device positioned in space. This is gonna be a lot faster lock-on for AR purposes. Uh, they added a new raw image capture format. I mean, the cameras are okay and all that. They've really kind of improved them on the high end. Um, the the raw image capture thing is kind of cool in that it remembers uh, all of the, the effects and things, but you can still pull the raw out of it. So that's nice. Uh, 4K, 60, this Dolby Vision thing, of which I've, I, I'm not familiar with because I don't shoot um, movies, uh, I guess. But that's supposed to be cool. You know, they... they uh, thought a lot about that and you can shoot and edit the whole thing on the camera and you used to be able to have to do this all offline with a high performance PC so now you can hold it in your hand um, in my opinion it's not a huge leap I mean no one's going to be disappointed if they like an, you know, an Apple device this is, this is new so they're going to they're gonna dig it um, but it's not doesn't seem like a really huge thing I mean I I like it. I'm not going to buy one, probably. Um, oh, I yes, just you bought are. an SE. No. Hey, I just bought an SE hey. a little while ago. You bought an SE because you wanted a phone to tide you over until That's 12. That's true. A I SE guess. is only an, an intermediary phone. I would probably be interested in the Mini, which is a new thing for them. If you look at it, it's, one, it's the fourth device that I don't think everybody saw coming. It's it's a it's got as much screen real estate as their previous larger like regular 11, but it's in a package that's significantly thinner and smaller. Unfortunately, the notch is still there, which is stupid. I, I think the notch is ridiculous, but you know you the play. The notch is necessary because oh, they it's don't. It's not necessary. It's all about the notch. Listen, stupid. It's you don't have to keep saying stupid. Listen, Brett. Let's be objective <laughs> here for a second. The reason the notch exists on certain phones, the notch or the, the pinhole cutout thing, is because the technology to have a camera within, like, the Behind LCD the glass. Mm -hmm. is yes. not very good yet. It would be a huge regression in image quality if we did that. That is There's true. a number of problems. I mean, as somebody with an optical reasons. engineering background, there, yes. You should know that there would be major like refraction and other kind of strange are. light issues going on there when you have, are. you know, sensors nestled next to you know emissive display pixels and things. So, hey, anyway, speaking I've, of that, they actually protected the glass with like ceramic stuff now. So oh that's, yeah, 
That's I, that's the that's the only part I care about. They said that they've been working with Corning on making the glass more shatter resistant. That's right. great. Yeah, I think they're the first people or the first corporation to to use it, but I suspect that other companies will be able to use that formulation at some point in the future. Uh, one more thing about that. They actually demoed handheld gaming to cool, you know, don't show care. how cool they're. Nobody cares no, about no, wait, handheld wait, gaming wait, on no, iPhone. They don't, nobody cares. It's not demoed. our target demo, no. Brett. League of Legends. That was <laughs> sort of funny as to why they would do that. But the reason they did it is because of their fight with Epic. They didn't show off. Oh, because they couldn't show Fortnite. That's they right. They couldn't show Fortnite. Hey, <laughs> what's a game that a lot of people play together online? Well, LOL. that was the funny thing. They went like, oh, what's the most popular handheld game or the most popular game ever? And I'm like, Fortnite? Let's look at the Apple iOS and then, they went, store and then they went League here. of Legends. And I went, ah. <laughs> So I thought it was funny. Hey, I found the, uh, the thing on the accessories, the new charging ring, the magnetic charging ring. So Sexy. It's nice. Like it looks like they've they've uh, they have a prototype of the phone here, and you can see, it's like this this round thing, and there's a, a wireless charging coil in it, and then a magnet around the perimeter. Yeah, that's Palm from ten years ago. Or and then all, if you set ago. the phone down on top of it, it like mm -hmm. sticks to it because it's magnetic. They, it's very clever that Apple has invented this technology that we've they never did seen. not invent it. It was invented Magnets. by Palm. How do they work? <laughs> the iPhone just becomes more and more the Palm every iteration. I've noticed ever since they went with the swipe up gesture, it it's become yeah, more and I, more clear. I, I, I think you're just different. talking to hear yourself speak now. Nope. Yep. <laughs> I would accuse you of the same thing, Brett. I'm bringing the truth. And I'm not apologetic about it. Uh, Moving on. Yeah, what's next? <laughs> what else was on the list of things to talk about? Shh. Shh. Uh, shh. Be quiet. Oh, yes, yes. Oh, let's get into the reviews portion. Mm. We're just going to do quick overviews here. You have to go to PCPro.com to read the full review. I'm not going to try to do a podcast review of three different things this week because somebody's been busy and getting reviews out there. And it would take a while to go through all of these. But real quick, Be Quiet entered the liquid cooler market in the U.S. with the Pure Loop series. And these are sort of budget-oriented, all-in-one liquid coolers. And I stress all-in-one. They are not closed-loop coolers. There is a distinction there. And that is because these are not sealed. You can actually top these off and maintain them yourself. But they come pre-filled. They're ready to go. They range from $84.90. U.S. dollars for the 120 millimeter up to 119.90 for the 360. So that's very reasonable. I got the 280 because we had some other 280s reviewed recently. I wanted to compare to. And first of all, get a load of the tasteful style of the cooler. Uh, this is the top of the CPU block. It's a brushed aluminum with the Be Quiet logo, and then a, a, a subtle ring of white LED lights. No RGBs here. Just just. A light dusting of white RGBs for you. And then look at that. It's it's a copper cold plate, but it is nickel coated. And it's very nicely milled. Did, it was very did you just say nipple coated? Yes. That's yep. what I nipple heard. Nipple coated. Mm. It is nipple coated, 100%. Really uh, soft white glow on the outline. Mm -hmm. uh, standard radiator, but something that isn't standard. First of all, I call these the key differentiation points this is number one the fill port on the end of the radiator here and then the other is this what is that that is the pump 
the pump, if you're listening, is suspended. It's in line in the hoses. So you have the radiator and then the hoses begin and about two inches down, you have this big thing that encompasses both hoses and then okay. the hoses. And it is the pump. So well, because why? Because Asatech. Because patents yes. and having to be different to sell uh, without, you know, using an Asatech design. So to be different, they did this. And what's actually kind of cool about it is they tried, they made something of it. They made something of having to be different by mounting the pump up here on the hoses should reduce any kind of audible vibration from the pump because it's just suspended on like these, you know, rubber hoses with this cloth um, weave coating over it. It's the same principle of like, you know, turntable motors where if they're suspended by rubber, then they don't vibrate against the plinth, that sort of thing. Uh, and then it's, you're dealing with essentially your standard be quiet air cooler mounting kit. This is literally the same hardware essentially that you'll get if you get uh, one of the dark rack uh, coolers and little subtle things like the fact there's a little rubber ring you put down on the retention bolts to hold them in place while you're building the system. I like it. I like it. And then I'm adding this in. I added in a picture of thermal paste application just to raise people's ire and to have them judge me for the rather sloppy application of thermal paste. A little bumpy. It is bumpy. I, I used a piece of cardstock that I cut from... Like a like my son got a toy car and I just cut the cardstock backing. I mean, you don't use like business cards. I yeah. was, and then I'm like, I'm just throwing away all these business cards. I should start recycling. So I go into like the recycle in the oh. kitchen and just grab. That's how you end up with textured uh, thermal paste. Yeah, wow. it's it's organically textured. Uh, I don't know if that helps the performance or not. <clears throat> no. Speaking of performance, real quick, and I said it was going to be quick, and I've probably already talked about this for four minutes, but temperatures never exceeded at 77 C. During testing with a 10900K with all Ooh. the power limits disabled. And to give you a picture of what that actually looks like, here's the same chart with the power. And we were drawing over 210 watts on this test, even approaching 220 at times, like 215, 218, I think it peaked. So that's a huge low during Blender here. And temperatures still, they stayed in the mid-70s. They peaked at 77 while the fans were ramping up. And that, compared to the other coolers I reviewed recently, is within about a half degree of the best performing one. And the GamerStorm Castle 280EX, another 280 millimeter, got about 55 above ambient. And the Pure Loop 280 got 55.6. So second to the best there and second to the best in noise. And I will say that that GamerStorm, almost 50 decibels, this 45-ish, 44.8, still... That's pretty significant. Yeah. And but that's still significantly louder than the Corsair, the H115i, in its balanced mode. But here's the thing: balanced mode is simply limiting the top speed of the fan. So if you do your own fan profile tweaking in your motherboard, you can do the same thing with this. But ultimately, the conclusion I drew was for 10490 for a 280 with this kind of performance, it's impressive. I think it's a very impressive first effort for Be Quiet, especially because they're they're, they're talking about this as kind of like your basic entry level, and it competes up there with more expensive stuff. I think that uh, Gamer Storm was in the $150 range. So a lot of 280s are, but you're not paying for RGBs or anything with this. You're just getting kind of your basic no-frills experience. 
Oh, and speaking of no frills, and uh, it's, it's meant to work quietly in the dark. Mm -hmm. there. There's a little ring though. You can still see your way. It's not super bright. Uh, you can find your way in your case, kind of. Uh, moving on, one more review that went up this week uh, was just you know it's just some getting back to basics here. What's what's more basic than a standard sized SD card? And I'm not going to go into this one in depth, but we have a review of standard size SD cards. Samsung is back in that game. They've just been doing micro SDs for a while. Now they have standard SD cards again, and they are pretty high performance. The there's the new SD card Pro Plus. This is a uh, class 10, speed grade 3, it's U3. Up to 100 megabytes per second sequential reads, up to 90 megabytes per second sequential writes. That's if you get the 64 gigabyte or higher. We got the 128 to test. And I compared it against the Evo Plus that is new, has slower write speeds, the same read speeds, up to 60 megabytes per second for the 128, up to 80 for the 256. And these are inexpensive. Pricing on these, they top out at $49 for the 256. The 128 I tested for the Pro was $25.99, and the Evo was $19.99 for 128 gigabytes of up to 100 megabyte per second. And just to sort of verify that, here's a quick look at Crystal Dismark, 97.11 megabytes per second, both of them. The Evo is on the right, the Pro is on the left. The difference is the write speed, 66.69 with the Evo, 83.45 with the Pro. And then I did some comparison testing with one of my own cards, a SanDisk Extreme 128, and that had slightly lower reads, only 95.84 megabytes, and but writes were slightly better. The extremes are very, very good, even exceeding their own spec on uh, transfer speeds. But the pricing on these is very good, I think. Like The performance of the Evo was about 20% lower on writes, but the price is 23% lower, so it looks like they kind of nailed pricing on these. Prices on these have come down a lot for fast... SD storage. But if you want to see a little bit more in the way of benchmark numbers and, and so forth with these, check out the review. And finally, real quick, Corsair released a wireless mouse. It is an inexpensive wireless mouse. It actually has the distinction of being the lowest cost slipstream wireless mouse in their lineup. That previously was the Harpoon at $59. This is only $39. So they're, they're slipstream, if you're not familiar, they call it hyperfast sub one millisecond wireless technology. You can also connect this with Bluetooth, but it's kind of your basic symmetrical design. It's not it's not an ambidextrous mouse necessarily because there's only um, thumb buttons on the left side of the mouse, but it is a symmetrical design. Small, good battery life, no fancy RGB bling. There's one RGB zone, which literally just shows you what the DPI setting is. And it runs off of a single AA battery and it's compact. And it's only $40. So, hey, if you're in the market for a small mouse and you have a claw or finger style grip, I have a finger style grip myself. In fact, here, the mouse I've been using is this Dark Core uh, RGB Pro SE. And I still use a finger style grip with it, but it's a larger mouse. It has a larger base. So I was happily using this one with my fingertips. That's how I do things. But anyway, if you're in the market for a mouse, check it out. And I think we have breezed through just about everything this week 
That's because I didn't interrupt you. You you did really well. <laughs> yeah, if it's just me talking for ten straight minutes. <laughs> yeah, and you didn't even take a breath, so that was awesome. <laughs> Thank you. Um, oh, picks of the week. I think Josh, you have the first pick. What yeah, is this? I mean. SSD prices again, they're they're starting to go down. And right now we have the fantastic sale and Amazon Prime Days just finished. And um, you know, it's kind of interesting. Uh they they things like the the Sabrent uh one terabyte PCA 4.0, uh, it was down to like you know 169, 175, and then they're like on sale now for 199, usually 249 dollars. But mm take another 20% off by adding this code. And it's like, guys, you're not doing anything. But something you actually did do something with is the older WDSN 750. Uh, really super fast PCA 3.0 for 117 for one terabyte. And um, that's getting down into that, uh, you know, P1, P2 range. Um, that the Intel, uh, you know, and, and Micron slower drives. Um, so yeah, that's, um, uh, that's a fantastic price for a really fast 3.0 NVMe one terabyte unit. The two terabyte. I buy Intel QLC drive. $336 right now on Newegg. Yeah. But when you, when you're talking about that much money and you look at the Intel, um, cheap ones, the two terabytes are a little over 200. It's like, yeah, yeah they're slower, but. 130 bucks is 130 bucks. Yeah, exactly. Very true. But I guess it depends on your workload. If you're using that as kind of a scratch or video editing, then it's going to be worth every penny to you. But I don't do those things. I play games. Josh, I would I love you. Games. I would love you if you started video editing and I will start forwarding everything over to you to uh, edit. Oh, if only I had the time to even yeah. It's fun. Just, you know, take care of your kid and put out fires while editing video over the course of an entire day. You know, uh, you know what's hey, amazing what, is yeah. that uh, last year, just to kind of tell you, um, the entire IT group had an X amount of hours of overtime all last year. And last year I had half of those. And there's like seven IT people now. <laughs> so it's, I'm salaried, kind of stinks, but, mm. you know, come bonus time. Thing. make things it better. a little bit better it better yeah. Jeremy has the next pick it is what is, is this a just a Wi-Fi extender or is this a, yeah. like a mesh router no it's, it's just a pretty dead simple extender um, for anyone that's dealing with some uh, bad signals like my brother and his place uh, and generally they try and charge you more than these things are worth uh and it can get quite frustrating, but uh, Asus does a pretty good job in general. And the RP AC55 has been out for a while. Uh, it's, you know, you're, you're stuck with 802.11 and an AC, but right now, and this is Canadian, it's 50 bucks. Uh, you'll usually see this selling for closer to 80 or so. So, you know, for, for this sort of thing, you know, you just want, maybe uh, two meters away, three meters away from your wireless router, this really does a good job at extending things. So if you're sort of shopping around and trying to figure out the hell's going to go on here, you can do it. And 
it's one of the ones that does have an RJ45 in it. So you can either use that to extend it significantly further, or in some cases where you're running into latency issues, you can plug in and relatively mitigate them. Um. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I found my pick of the week, but we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, Brett. Yeah, this is uh, a handy device I've been carrying with me for a long time, and I thought I would mention it to say that the best uh, tool is the one you have with you, and that's a um, one of these Leatherman devices, and I think I sent you some pictures right there as well, that uh, I think the best tool or the best part about this particular tool is actually the clip that keeps it uh, in your pocket so it doesn't go wandering around. And oh, it doesn't fall it's out. It's got a carabiner on it. It does. It's actually a bottle opener as well. It doubles as a bottle opener. So it's got a fair number of tools on it. But this has come in handy far more than you would think. From computing stuff to car stuff to uh, random occurrences while hanging out at the restaurants. You know, where it was like, hey, I need to... It, it doesn't. This table is wobbly. Well, let me just tighten the leg. You know, <laughs> no. it's just the craziest amount of, of of occurrences that it's like the. It's really useful to have a sort of universal tool with you whenever the need arises. So I recommend yes. this one. I've got a wave with me almost all the time. Yeah. If, if the belt's on, the wave's in there, attached so to it. This is the Skeletool. Uh, and you can actually order it with um, custom images imprinted on the blade now, which is kind of really? cool. Yeah, and that second one that I sent you is an, a, sort of an example of it. And you can get okay. uh, far more than just kind of like this is kind of the old school version of the, you know, the original Chrome. But yeah, you can get a um, full-on customized with uh, carbon fiber and an image imprinted on the blade and, and uh, things inscribed upon it. Make it your own. It's useful. I recommend it. Get one. It's and I can easy. pay in four installments using Klarna. Whatever that is. I'm sure, sure it's something that, you know, millennials are all about right now. It's some sort of trendy payment. Or it's service. it's Swiss and you're not putting enough phlegm into it. No, <clears throat> I don't know, because I'm on the dot com. I, I, now site. I want to sing the Skeletor song, except with Skeletool. <laughs> <laughs> don't um, look that don't look that song up. It's terrible. Oh, I totally deserve it. Don't look it up. They deserve you to learn about that. Oh, I'm a polite show, Joe. So, what is your pick, Sebastian? I can't my pick, wait. as you can see, I use uh, these LED light strips, which I just disconnected partially. I'll take care of that later. Um, and I, you can never have enough RGB strips. I mean, you can see Brett is using these, you know, lame lights on a piece of PVC, but it's it's sad. You, you can't have enough strip lighting. I don't have enough strip lighting in my house and all around me. <laughs> so uh, I actually just got a text a few minutes ago from my sister. I don't know why she's wasting her time uh, sending me suggestions, but she found this. It's Faux Polo brand on Amazon. You can get 65.6 feet of LED light strips. Uh, it's superior quantity oh. <laughs> superior quantity rgb lighting with a giant remote hmm. uh yeah. how can you go wrong i mean the pricing on this is probably is that a remote good. or is that dr mario 
I don't know what's happening in this image. $35.99. Whoa, there's a $10 coupon? $25.99 to buy now. I can't wait. Mm. It's going to be on fire in 30 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah. What was uh, your Amazon password again? I just would want to take advantage of some Prime discounts. I honestly don't know my Amazon password. So I use LastPass. You don't have to remember anything. Not a sponsor, oh. by the way. I use one password. Also not a sponsor. To deal I, with I just use one way. password. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Oh, oh I, I do. see what you're saying. Yeah. I, I, I see what exactly you're saying. What you're saying. <laughs> yeah. I don't, but anyway. Well, hey, we made it. We made it through. Uh, thank you for watching this, listening hey, to this. Hey, one other thing. Yes, Josh. <laughs> uh, you know what? I expected a, another batch of RTX 3080s to at least hit this week, but so far. Guess what? Not a zip. No, no it's been it's been concerning how uh, how little product is, has been shipped so far that we know of. Yeah, yeah those rumors but, uh, about 2021 availability are becoming more and more believable. Yep. Yeah. Well, Jensen said like. There would be supply constraint until 2021, right? I don't think he said we wouldn't have anything. Well, like he's going to say that. So I guess we find out in November when we finally see AMD, Big Navi. Yeah. Who's got what? Because right now, yeah, getting a 3080 is, unless you go on eBay, pay those nice inflated prices. It's literally like the first iPhone launch. That's how insane this has been it's because yeah. that that was scalped endlessly you couldn't find them in stock because when they would show up at the apple store there was already people waiting in line to buy it and they would be on ebay later that morning oh the original xbox 360 yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that's true the Same nintendo thing. wii i mean everything anything that that and everything the playstation 3 cabbage patch kids oh yeah that's an oldie yeah. yes going back to the early 80s there uh Anyway, thank you for uh, taking part in episode uh, 601 with us. This is uh, supporting our art, the art or the art that we present here, uh, abstract, though it may be. And we you will. Are, you are the Robert Maplethorpe of podcasts. Thank you. Today. I don't know who that is. But I have no idea what you're talking about. It sounds great. I have no idea what I'm talking about. Perfect. And we'll see you next week. Oh.